0: Hello, I'm Amy Stevenson and this is The Human CEO. In each episode, we'll be meeting with CEOs and senior leaders to understand their approach to leadership, the challenges they faced and how they overcame them. We'll also be asking what they feel it takes to be a great leader.
1: You need to be able to be comfortable with large amounts of failure because most of what you're gonna invest in either will fail or will fail to give you a return.
0: Welcome to The Human CEO. I'm your host, Amy Stevenson, and today I'm joined by Stephen Sachs. Stephen's the CEO of FundingNav, author of Reboot Your Business and the Intelligent Investors Handbook, and he also holds the UK license for Fuck Up Nights, a global movement where people get together to share their personal failure stories. Stephen joined me recently to talk about leadership and purpose and the lessons he's learned whilst developing his career. Stephen joins us to share his insight on his journey and the challenges he's overcome as a human CEO. Thank you for joining us today Stephen it's really great to have you with us
1: thank you very much Amy it's a pleasure being here
0: I'm looking forward to speaking to you so first of all can you tell us a little bit about your organizations and what you're working towards please Stephen
1: yes so my organization is a uh I would describe it as a loose collaboration of um uh internal stakeholders and external partners um and it's uh, right in this I'm referring to funding now because there are kind of three organizations that I'm heavily involved in and head up. What The primary one is funding nav um, and the purpose of that business is to facilitate funding and other resources for um, scale-up businesses. So I've got some partners within the business um, that are uh, they're, they're franchise partners mm-hmm. and then we've got a number of different um, external partners that are funders or facilitators in some kind of way um, and then in the other two organizations uh, one is property company uh, which is based up in warwickshire mm-hmm. and that's much more conventional um, in terms of the fact that there are employees they're external um, tradespeople, and we've got team in south africa as we have in the funding business too actually that, that's a big area of expansion for us is a resourcing human resourcing in South Africa, and finally, uh, my, my fun project, which is Fuck Up Nights, which is a Mexican idea which I licensed for the UK, operates in around 200 cities around the world, mm-hmm. which London is just one. Um, and with that, I've got again a loose collaboration with a private members club that I belong to called Homegrown, um, who very kindly provide the space and some booze. And I sort of find the speakers and um, MC the whole thing. So, yeah, that's, uh, I, I don't have an organization as such where I've got to meet a huge payroll every month. But I, there, there's, there are certainly lots of outgoings which tend to flex mm-hmm. with the way the businesses work.
0: Yeah, fantastic, and I love I love the concept of fuck up nights as well. I think the honesty to it is absolutely brilliant, and what's needed, I think, in in the
1: business. Well, you space. should come down next time you're in. Like, yeah,
0: I will do. I will do absolutely. And so, as a leader of those kind of organisations, and as someone that's connected with leaders as well, what are the key challenges that people are up against at the moment?
1: I think the key, well, from a financial perspective, the key challenge is basically interest rates. Mm-hmm. Um, so the um, increase in interest rates that we've seen over the last um year or so has directly impacted um both the availability and cost of debt and equity mm-hmm. um and has and the valuation of businesses too so bit business valuations have subsided dramatically during this period businesses that were raising at Uh, Much higher valuation previously are struggling to meet those valuation levels now. And investors and lenders are being much more coy with distribution of funds. So I think that money is a a big one. Mm. Um, And then human resources is a big one too. There's obviously been a a post-Brexit and with a number of other things that have happened, um, less availability of labor and more especially young people, kind of opting out, I think. Um, And I've seen it in my own family too, actually, with one of my daughters. Um, And, you know, that's one reason why, you know, maybe AI and also outsourcing is Mm -hmm. maybe going to be helpful for people. So I think that those are two of the primary challenges.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that that opting out, is that sort of based on on lifestyle and well-being? Is it?
1: Yeah, I I think that... um, young people today have a different set of priorities to those that I had when I was starting out. Um, you know, I was very career orientated and also family oriented. I got married when I was quite young um, and had, had a family, uh, a young age too. So my da- daughters, in fact, three of my daughters now are all older than when I got married. And um, one of them is married, but none of them have got kids. Um, and I don't know, I just don't, you know, I just think that their their priorities are evidently different to those that, that I had. And they're certainly much more, um, they're, 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 they're protecting their own mental health. I mean, like, to be honest with you, I, I hadn't really heard of mental health when I was that age. I mean, obviously it was an issue. <laughs> But um, I don't know. I tended to, and still tend to, just get my head down and sort of crack on with things and not think about it too much. But I think that now people are much more engaged mm-hmm. with with their own men- mental well being. Yes. Um. So yeah, I, I think that's that's all all changed.
0: Yeah, the world's a very different place. I I sort of had a revelation over the last probably 12 months or something and i was sort of i recognized that i was veering away from my flow activities because it didn't feel like hard work Mm -hmm. and then someone questioned me and said well why do you need to work hard why can't you work smart and i think that's that's a shift that's changing when i started my career we didn't have any of the tools that we've got now i think the internet was I don't want to date myself too much, but I don't know that it wasn't in existence when I started work. No. And now, so all the tools have changed that not to suggest that you don't have to work hard anymore, but you can certainly work smart and negate some of that graft, as we call it, in Yorkshire.
1: Yeah,
0: I think yeah. that's potentially part of the shift.
1: Yes. Yeah, no, I agree.
0: That. And, and so talk to me about your leadership career then, Stephen. How did you develop your career? Because I, I had a little look at, obviously, LinkedIn profile, done some research, and you started out in fashion, did, did you? I did,
1: that's right. I was in fashion, actually, for most of my career, up until the time I was around 50. And I still do quite a lot of work in the fashion arena, but mm-hmm. a, a advisory, although my oldest daughter has a fashion business, uh, which I've got an interest in. So that kind of allows me to keep my hand mm-hmm. in. But to be honest with you, it's a horrible business, and... Um, and I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. In fact, I I think that um, it can be really negative for people's mental health, just going back to what we were talking previously. And actually, I've got a speaker at um, my next uh, fuck-up night, which is in November, a guy called Nick Hussey, who's had a a very unfortunate experience in fashion that really adversely impacted his mental health um, to the point where he he, he was uh, on suicide watch. And... um, to, to, and t- took antidepressants and now he's kind of reinvented a business basically around his mental health um and and it's been actually quite successful it's a real revelation that's probably a good reason why you might want to come down to the
0: next yeah. it's, yeah. it's really
1: really interesting his story but dealing with um a number of factors which are beyond your control such as um exchange rates such as um issues in a country which are far away from you which might be uh political or might be um i don't know weather related you know so there's a um you know like for example that there, there was that dreadful um earthquake in morocco mm-hmm. if you're making stuff in morocco yeah, yeah. guess what you, you're gonna you know the the, the um the, the factories aren't going to be working because they're obviously they're not going to be prioritizing what you're doing mm-hmm. and all of the um all of the airplanes even if your stuff was ready are not going to be flying your stuff out because they've got a m- m- far more pressing thing. Yeah. Meanwhile, your uh, your retail customers got empty empty rails so they're going to be finding you for 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 a lack of performance and that is massively stressful. Mm-hmm. And that's one reason I'm very glad to be out of it to be honest. Yeah. So yeah, I I forged my um leadership skills dealing largely with lots of factors that were way outside of my control and now i've narrowed my world yeah. to things i can't control and as a consequence i sleep much better at night
0: yeah absolutely absolutely i think i say it to my daughter every day the further you step out of your comfort zone the bigger it gets and i think that that's that's part of it isn't it building your leadership career in that way dealing with things and thinking how am i going to get through this and then you do get through it, and it's just another day.
1: Yeah,
0: so, yeah. and and so that leads us nicely into um, talking about the fuck up nights. I want to always ask the leaders that I speak to on the podcast what would be on your blooper reel if we looked at your leadership career and we looked back at the bloopers that were there. What would be on there? What are you comfortable sharing with us that you've well,
1: the on? the biggest issue that I had was that I um, created a fashion uh, sorry a furnishings business um, from a position of adversity and fashion, I had to kind of try and come up with another product category that was using a lot of the resources that we had internally. And I I, I created this uh, furniture product Mm -hmm. and that work. And we were selling D to C mostly through um, oddly um, in this um, internet age through newspaper advertising was actually our biggest um, customer recruitment and our cheapest customer recruitment too. and in june 2016 um literally as the brexit referendum closed two things happened the first was that um the cost of customer acquisition increased by around about 40 percent because suddenly people um got quite nervous about making large purchases mm-hmm. so it's more expensive to recruit them And secondly, um, the cost of our product, because it was priced in dollars and the pound uh, plummeted against the dollar, uh, we were effectively paying a substantial premium for the product. So we went from a position very quickly, literally, actually not very quickly, overnight, of being able to, um, if you like, liquidate the cost of acquiring a new customer with one sale, so um, to not being able to and that switch basically meant that either we had to find additional capital um, to fund the business Mm -hmm. or run out of cash and I tried very hard during that period to find the additional capital and I failed and in the end we ran out of cash and um, the, the impact of that was really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what threw me into what I'm doing now into funding that actually that was the, the main motivation I had a number of meetings uh, during that period of time between um, June of 2016 and um, and the end of that year where I, I was sitting on one side of the table with uh, financial advisors trying to get this funding um, in order to bridge the gap and I started to um, have this realization that I was sitting on the wrong side of the table. Uh-huh you know, uh, uh, in these meetings, I, I was at a high level of stress. And, um, you know, for me, it was absolutely critical. These guys were getting paid regardless. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't seem very stressed to me. And I thought, well, I could do that. You know, that just seems so, so much better. So, you know, in the end, when that business um, finished, I immediately started funding that as, as, a, as a way, A, to resolve my own issues, and B, mm-hmm. Um, to resolve everybody else's too,
0: Fantastic. And,
1: and I haven't looked back subsequently
0: on this. Yeah, rightly so, rightly so. Some, some of the most successful businesses are when the founders scratch their own itch, for want of a better phrase, isn't it? Because yeah. you you know the challenges that your your customers are up against. Brilliant. And so, what's helped you in your leadership career? Is there a, a a piece of advice that anyone shared with you, or insights that you've gained that have really helped accelerate your development as a leader?
1: Um. And it's tough to pick one. is not it it is tough to pick one. And listen, I'm I'm 58, so I've been I never went to uni, so I've been working literally for 40 years. I I, I can't, and 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 I have no plans to retire. I'm I'm hopeful I can continue to work for another 40 years to be honest yeah. with you, uh, because I really do like what I do, and and I'm I'm very fortunate that I'm able to kind of create my world, you know, yeah. as, uh, because I'm you know i i create businesses um that kind of suit me in the Mm -hmm. way that i just described so um i i know i i don't know if there's a specific thing that i could pull out of all of that so yeah that's the thing there's not it's just there's hundreds of little things yeah
0: it's often it's an accumulation isn't it yeah
1: things
0: and i i always say that the often the most successful leaders can be almost like a filter so you take in as much as you possibly can do from either leaders around you, people you work with external circumstances you put your own filter on it and i think that sounds to me like what you've done over the last 40
1: years i think so yeah yeah i think so
0: and and so a similar vein then so you mentioned that fashion isn't something that you'd recommend people to go into necessarily as an industry no. is there anything that you would recommend to those leaders that are listening to the podcast that are either aspiring future leaders or they're just getting started out in their career yeah
1: if, funnily enough i had lunch yesterday with a young man of 29 who asked me that very question um and again to talk about mental health he's uh suffered with bipolar and um he's he's created an app which is around um, mental health and we had lunch together and he he asked me that very question and i said to him baby boomer retirement sale to me that is the number one business opportunity today there are a number of people of my age and a little bit older that created businesses and are now looking to exit and if those businesses are unfashionable businesses and by that i mean um you know n- not 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 compete, not not tech related so mm-hmm. not not ai not software not biotech you know so i don't know, hardware shop mm-hmm. bi- bicycle shop um uh, logistics business um funeral director yeah. l- legal firm you know th- there are so many of those um and i think that the the, the, m- many of the people who are exiting them, you know, they've worked throughout their lives within those businesses. They either, they don't know that there's a value to them or what the value is, or they don't know how to um, create that value. And I've seen in my own, um, like, personal life recently, um, examples. Of that. So I was going to the same dentist, for example, for since I was eight till I was 54. Um, same guy. And, he he was super 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 busy just 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 down the road from here,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, and then November about three years ago, I get a letter uh, from his secretary saying, um, "Thank you very much for your custom over the last however many years." Um, uh, Jack's retiring at Christmas. Please find another dentist. So the, the surgery closed down at Christmas. No one took it over. The, the The building remained vacant until recently, when I noticed when I was walking past there that there's some work where they're converting it into a house. But that business had real value, and he just walked away from it. And I see that so often. um And somebody, someone could have, if they would have approached him at the right moment, just prior to that, picked that up for very little because mm-hmm. him obviously it had very little value because he just he he closed the doors yeah and i've seen so many other examples of that so i think that yeah if i if i was talking to and i'm looking at it myself now in fact and we we bought this property business sort of on, on this basis and we're looking at other things too but i would say that the number one opportunity right now is baby boomer retirement sale
0: interesting brilliant thank you for sharing that it's an interesting point. There are so many people, I think, in my in my own experience, I know of people that are getting towards retirement and they're just thinking, how do I close the doors? There's nobody to hand it over to. It's sort of a family business almost. Um, and, and so thinking about leaders that you particularly admire, is there anyone either from earlier in your career or any famous leaders, past or present, famous or otherwise, that you particularly admire?
1: You could yeah, you? so I went on a trip um again actually i think it might have been around 2016 and it was um it was the um centenary of the somme okay. in uh, northern france we went to the i went with a, a a friend's father who was actually i mean he was in the second world war he wasn't old enough to be in the first world war but he was like getting on for 90 then he's still around now actually um and it was fascinating because he, he had lots of military background and history mm-hmm. and we went around these battlefields and um i was um i i mean I, the, I was so impacted by what i saw and the stories that um happened at that time you know the, the 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 young boys that literally sort of threw themselves in the front of machine guns and so forth and i think that you know the, the men that lead, um, that led you know people to do that is is the best example of leadership that you can ever um, you you can ever imagine. And there was one particular leader, and he, he's not very well known here, but he's particularly well known in Australia because he was um, he was actually born in Germany, uh, funnily enough, um, but his parents moved to Australia when he was a young boy, and he was called um, John Monash. And um, he ultimately became a general in the Australian Army. And in 1918, he was the guy that kind of invented what the Nazis actually subsequently in the Second World War called Blitzkrieg, like lightning war. Mm -hmm. He created like mass use of tanks and he turned that war around where they kind of, where they were stuck in trenches for ages. In a a few weeks, he, he he he, not single-handedly, but I, in my opinion, was the prime mover in um, in finishing the First World War. And, and in, in Australia, mm-hmm. they've they named universities after him. Melbourne yes. uh, Monash University is named after him. He's not very well known here, but um, I, from what I saw when I was in in northern France, and from what I read about him subsequently, I read his biography. Um, he was the leader, which I would say I, I most admire.
0: Fantastic. And a new one. So we've done 200 episodes so far, Stephen, and we've never had that one before. So congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Great example as well. Really great example. And on on the vein of learning then, are there podcasts, episodes, documentaries, books that you've you've consumed in the past that have either shaped your leadership skills or you've taken some insight from that you'd recommend other leaders have a look at?
1: Well, I think the most useful book that I've read recently um, is... Uh, Chris Voss, um, which is called um, Never Split the Difference, which yes. is a book all around um, negotiation. Mm-hmm. Um, that was massively helpful to me because I mean, I was literally in the middle of a big negotiation when I read it and I, I, I made a, I, I stood my ground, which I wouldn't have done previously. I probably would have split the difference and I didn't split the difference. And um, that was massive. I, I got a huge R- ROI on that book. Um I'm currently reading a book called um 10x is easier than 2x. Which okay. Is really, really interesting. And essentially um the premise is that um it's easier to move to a position of like 10 times than it is to two times. Because if you if you go if you want to get two times more successful than you are at the moment, you just need to work, you need to work harder, right? So mm-hmm. you just need to become more efficient, work harder. If you want to uh get ten times more um successful than you are today then you need to look at like sort of uh 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 this eighty twenty type you sort of yeah, to it, is that <laughs> you know eighty percent of your success has come from twenty percent of what you're actually doing yeah. and effectively you need to stop doing the eighty percent and expand the twenty yeah. percent effectively that's what the book's all about um so, for example, Amy, you you don't do podcasts like this, but you delegate that to someone else, and then you spend your time maybe creating more podcasts that uh-huh. other people do. So you you kind of move yourself up the value scale mm-hmm. um, in order to achieve that. So that, it's a, it's a good one reading at the moment. But to be honest, I've read a I, I listen to a lot of books when I'm on my bike because I do mm-hmm. a lot of cycling as I was I was telling you previously. Yeah. and I've I've really gone off largely a uh, fact factual books and i've gone back to fiction because okay. i find that and specifically at the moment stephen king which i used to like when i was a kid mm-hmm. i have gone back to it in a big way and I'm, I'm consuming like stephen king novel every week at the moment wow is, is it helpful from a leadership perspective not really but it, it kind of like it, it gives you your brain just opportunity to relax to think yeah. something entirely different and that's quite helpful, actually.
0: Absolutely, I'd, I'd almost very, very respectfully challenge you on that, Stephen, because I think from a leadership perspective, you can't multitask when you're reading a novel. You've got to be. Obviously, you can ride a bike, but you can't. You can't be elsewhere, can you? Yeah. You can't be yeah. thinking about work or thinking about your your KPIs yeah. or yeah. your yeah. team. So, yeah. I think I think it's it's great. And I need to get back to novels because I went the other way. So I did an MBA in lockdown and just got straight into the. Know, the the non fiction stuff and the facts and the, the books that you spoke about, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. But I've neglected the novels. I think I need to yeah.
1: balance Absolutely. it. More. Honestly speaking, um, I mean, look, Stephen King obviously is a brilliant writer. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, obviously, J.K. Rowling maybe maybe now is more successful um, financially, although I'm not sure. But mm-hmm. because Stephen King, I mean, masses of his stuff has been it's turned into terrific. films. Yeah. So, I, I imagine they vie for it, you know, in terms of their skills in storytelling. But the vast majority of fact based books are shit, actually. I find, you know, literally, yeah, as I just summed up that book, 10x is easier than 2x. Honestly, you know, that's the thing with most fact based, but there's not much in it. You know, yeah. you, you could literally sum it up in a bit, and it's just repetition going on and on and in the end it just does your brains in so that's why i'm i I like storytelling
0: yeah blinkist was a a game changer for me because i think sometimes you're right absolutely right sometimes in those books the title you've you've got the concept entirely i would agree but it's i'm always really interested to understand what other people are influenced by and what's what's helped them so perfect thank you for sharing those and obviously you've got your two books as well Yes, I've I've written two
1: books. Reboot Your Business, uh, which is a handbook to scale up entrepreneurs who are kind of going through a lot, maybe going through some of the same um, trials and tribulations that I went through back in the day. And, um, you know, how to deal with that It's written in three sections. um, Mm -hmm. and, And it's hopefully quite useful. And we've had a lot of positive feedback from it. And then I wrote the Intelligent Investors Handbook, to deal with the other side of um, fundraising which is um, basically it's a handbook for uh, people that are looking to invest in um, sort of scale up or start up businesses and essentially it's about dealing with failure because um, if you're investing then you can expect you you, you need to be able to be comfortable with large amounts of failure. Mm Um, because most most of what you're going to invest in either will fail or will fail to give you a return. Um, yeah. In fact, better it fails because especially if you're investing through say EIS or SEIS, then you're going to get you, you'll get some kind of return. It'd be negative, but it, you won't lose too much money. The worst thing is investing in businesses that become kind of lifestyle business and don't go anywhere. So you put the money in. That's it. I mean, you kind of um, you never kind of see it again. And, um, yeah, so it, 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 just to, to help people through that and, and how to deal with all of that.
0: Fantastic. Thank you. And we'll put the links in the, sh- in the show notes as well for anyone who's much. interested in picking up a copy. And so final question then. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going on in your world over the next 6, 9, 12 months?
1: Well, the thing which is forefront of my mind is um, that I am cycling starting on Thursday um from paris to geneva and that's the second of 25 stages we'd started last year doing london to paris and we're doing paris to geneva and we're we're cycling um to raise money for uh orphans in africa to sydney australia and there's 70 of us actually doing it amazing um all all founders of businesses Mm -hmm. um or investors no maybe maybe all business founders actually um and that's that's amazing um and really um uh, it's a strong incentive to keep fit all year like Mm -hmm. high levels of fitness so i really really like doing that aside from that um we are looking or we are um franchising our property business so our property business currently only only exists in warwickshire so we've got a number of um uh hmos in Mostly in Coventry, uh, we've got one in Stratford, so we're expanding in that area. But we're about to launch in Swindon uh, with a franchisee, so helping her to create a similar business mm-hmm. in the Swindon area. And we've got a number of others that are on sort of um, that we're going to straight after that. So you know, expanding through franchising, and and there's a sort of there's a there's a strong track record in property-based business of doing that letting agents mm-hmm. stay agents this this, this is a kind of guaranteed rental business so it's, yeah. it's a kind of it's a hybrid almost of management and, um, and ownership
0: okay fantastic fantastic well good luck with the cycle to, uh, to Sydney eventually and good thank luck with you. Geneva from Thursday but thank, thank you for joining us it's been brilliant speaking with you I really appreciate your time and yeah. for you sharing your story
1: I've really enjoyed it thank you so much
0: and I'll see you in London sometime
1: cool yeah <laughs>